check one, check two. I'm the anchor slash rapper that you never thought would happen. Commentary get it cracking like pads when they start whacking. Applaud like studio audience audio. It's the Rob You Sports Stew Show. Is that so? Rob You Sports countdown to kick off. I spark conversation like flicking the big off. Late night shows and flows like Leno. Sports book probably like Vegas or Reno. Bodyguard Gino and Skybox Casino the Nino. Good fella from food and beverage. Robert Robbie, you Pharaoh Nick's golden boy too. Leverage bingo jackpot plays like Tracyette. It's Rob U Sports, you down, get set, ready. It's Rob U Sports, you down, get set, ready. It's Rob U Sports, you down, get set, ready. Season six, break the huddle, keep it steady. Yo, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Rob U Sports Stew Show, NFL 2023, going into week five. And on Thursday night, there was a matchup. Between the Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. And the Chicago Bears did triumph in this victory with a final score of Chicago 40 over the Washington Commanders 20. And looking back at my week four NFL pick recap, I was 9-7. So that brings me to an overall record of 37-25, and 25, about 67.5% on the year. And looking back at some of my picks for the week four pick, some of my worst picks, some of my losses, uh, I did have the Falcons defeating the Jaguars, which the Jaguars destroyed the Falcons overseas in the overseas game, the third early morning kickoff with the Toy Story for the kids and everything. Jaguars looked pretty good in there, and Falcons looked like they had some issues at quarterback with Ritter and the interceptions and everything. I also picked the Dolphins to defeat the Bills, which the Bills came out in a statement game and showed they were not threatened or intimidated by the Dolphins' explosiveness, and they had some explosiveness of their own with Diggs and Allen leading the way, doing their thing. And also, I did pick the Bears to defeat the Broncos, but the Broncos did end up actually getting their first victory of the season last week. And then... I did have the Baltimore Ravens uh, losing to the Cleveland Browns, but the Browns actually were defeated by the Ravens in the surprise game. I did have the Texans losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the Texans actually looked pretty good this year, led by rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, who's basically showing high performance and good play early for a rookie quarterback one of the most impressive rookie quarterbacks this season that we've seen thus far. And also, in one of my worst picks, I had the Patriots beating the Cowboys for a one-point game, which the Cowboys absolutely destroyed the Patriots, and they made Mac Jones look bad, they made Belichick look bad, and made the Cowboys look good. So they really beat down those Patriots. And uh, those were some of my... Lost some of my lost picks, some of the worst picks I had for week four. So moving forward in week five, I definitely look to improve on that nine and seven record. But I just gotta take it one week at a time, one pick at a time. You know, see what happens. See how coach, see how it all turns out. But looking back at some of the top stories for week five, going into the top storylines as we head into the weekend of football, is Bill Belichick losing his touch. And, you know, Belichick has long been known as, you know, defensive chess player, defensive mastermind when it comes to that Patriot way and that Patriot defense. But 
recently we've seen the offensive struggles of the Patriots, and it just seems like they have no explosive players on offense, and that puts so much more pressure on the defense and the special teams to be able to get those kind of team victories we once used to know the Patriots for when they used to rely on gadget plays and bringing defensive linemen to go out for passes on eligible receivers and, you know, cheap and bring a lineman on the line and have him go out for a pass or, you know, rely on a sturdy, strong defense and a young quarterback a la Brady back in his early days with the Patriots. But now it just seems like the Patriots just aren't the Patriots anymore. And I mean, could it be that Bill Belichick as GM and head coach has not been finding that kind of talent he needs on offense? where he's been basically more focusing on building a strong defense. Well, who's to say, but hasn't been going the Patriots' way thus far this season. And they have recently made a trade to acquire former Patriot J.C. Jackson, who was playing with the Chargers, for a late-round pick. So this will strengthen the secondary, where they recently had their star rookie cornerback, Gonzalez, go down with injury. And he could be lost for the season. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Speaking of the Patriots, is Mac Jones a Daniel Jones clone? And I say this because it just seems like some of these young quarterbacks that get into the league and, you know, they came from nice programs or, you know, they were supposed to be the cerebral quarterbacks and the guys who didn't have the most physical skills or athleticism, but supposedly had the leadership and the intangibles <laughs> and now that we've seen some of these guys just really get exposed not so much in Daniel Jones case I know he doesn't really have an offensive line to help protect him but even receiving that contract it showed that it was not proportionate to his talent and then when it comes to Mac Jones it's like he's doing dirty plays out there he's making boneheaded quarterback decisions throwing across the field He's not really looking effective or comfortable in the offense. And he doesn't have the most weapons either. But when you draft this type of prototypical drop back pass a quarterback, you would expect somebody to have a, a good or a great arm. And you also would expect them to be able to elevate the team and the players around them in situations where they don't have the most explosive skill players to their disposal. So... The jury is still out, but a lot of people are already beginning to doubt Mac Jones and Daniel Jones. So nobody's really trying to keep up with those Joneses. But these guys are potentially showing they're not who a lot of people thought they would be coming out of college. And it could be some coaching, it could be some personnel decisions, but something has to be done with these quarterbacks and this lackluster play and the product that they're putting on field with these offenses of the Patriots and the Giants. And that's just my humble opinion. <laughs> so we'll see what goes forward with the Joneses moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, we had some trade action going on this week. It was a pretty heavy week of trade action. It was just like people just like deciding they want to get rid of guys and he, he's got to go. So when it comes to... When it comes to defensive end Randy Gregory, formerly of the Cowboys and now formerly of the Broncos, he was dealt to the 49ers to join an already effective defensive lineman core featuring the likes of Joey Bosa and others, or Nick Bosa and others. So 
Gregory will be traded to the 49ers for a six-round pick, and the Broncos will also pay the majority of his salary, where the 49ers will pay him the veteran mineral. Veteran mineral. And then we had Chase Claypool, also known as Mapletron, the Canadian Megatron, who never seemed to live up to the hype, once got traded away from the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. So that was already a red flag, as Mike Tomlin is known as one of the more understanding coaches who coaches hard, but gets the best out of his players. So he got traded from the Steelers last year and landed with the Chicago Bears. And the Bears hoped that he could help bring along Justin Fields. And he didn't really was able to produce anything. And he began to get some flack after week one with the Bears when he was clearly shown on film and footage to not give 100% and also not want to block for his teammates when he's not getting the ball on running plays and he doesn't want to block the cornerbacks and the players in the secondary. So when he was asked recently if he was being used the best way he could by the Bears coaching staff, he said no. And that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> so for the last two games, they deactivated him and let him stay home. And now finally they were able to jettison him, get rid of him and move him to the Broncos who were already a receiver-rich team. And he would definitely have to fight for snaps on that stack roster of receiving speedsters and explosive offense. So we'll see if Claypool can somehow resurrect his career or change his narrative or his reputation as an NFL receiver. And another news, Bears legend Dick Buckus, famed linebacker, dies at age 80. Now, Dick Buckus was definitely one of those hard-nosed, old-school, hit-you-in-the-mouth, bust-you-in-the-head, <laughs> make-you-bleed, give-you-a-concussion, break-your-leg, break-your-spirit type of NFL players. And if you ever want to think about a throwback to that era, it's hard to see it in today's game because the rules have been changed so much to protect people's uh, well-being and also headshots and shots that would definitely give concussions and whatnot. But Dick Buckets, if you ever seen those old school NFL films, Dick Buckets was that guy who was, you know, bringing havoc. He was hurting people. He was kicking butt and taking names. Dick Buckets would definitely kick butt. <laughs> and, you know, there were not many as ferocious and, you know, dangerous and intense as he was as the decades progressed after the you know 60s and 70s definitely was a lot more players of his caliber and in the 80s and in the 90s we definitely saw that caliber of NFL player begin to die down and you know have to go to the wayside because the rules were changed to protect players and people began to realize that these hits and these concussions and these knockouts were damaging people's brains and people's well-being and their health. So some players who were kind of in that same vein were players like, you know, Joey, uh, Joey Porter type or Ray Lewis type or, um, you know, just players who definitely played with a reckless abandon like a Troy Palomalu or Ronnie Lott. Those type of players are uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor, and these aren't these aren't all linebackers, but these are players who had that same kind of intensity and you know 
reckless abandon when out there on the field. So, Dick Buckus definitely leaves behind a legacy of a era of football that is no longer played today because of so much safety concerns and the wanting to preserve people's brain from concussions and head trauma where in those days it was something that was less known and studied and the the, the research wasn't there and the, the mental health and mental wherewithal wasn't there to protect players. It was kind of like definitely definitely more of a gladiator sport back then, definitely more dangerous and more of a potential for head trauma and risk of injury. So rest in peace to the legendary Dick Buckus, one of those players who definitely left his impact on the game and will always be remembered by Bears faithful and true NFL fans as a, you know, as a staple of a true linebacker in an era that's long gone and will never return to the NFL. And moving along, we have Sean Payton's Broncos going to take on Hackett's Jets. And this goes all goes back to Sean Payton when he became the head coach of the Broncos, disrespecting Nathaniel Hackett, who was the former coach of the Broncos, and saying how poorly Hackett coached and this and that as he tried to protect his quarterback, Russell Wilson, as if Russell Wilson had no fault or no blame in the way that Broncos performed last year with everything that he had going on with his own personal staff, his own personal office, and everything else he was doing. But now the coaches get to square off and meet for the first time. And it's already being said that the, the New York Jets players, they want to play for their coach and they want to make an impact and a statement. So that definitely counts for something, especially when you haven't heard the same thing coming from the Broncos coach, the Broncos staff and the Broncos players. But you did hear it from Peyton as he began to rev up and rile up the media saying, oh, yeah, I know y'all ready for this week. I know y'all know it's coming. Like, yeah, they know it's coming because you already put it out there that you disrespected this coach. Now you have to face off against him. You're not having the best season. And you already had a game where you lost by letting the team score 70 points on you. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. But um, stay tuned for my pick. Broncos versus Jets coming soon in Pharaoh Knicks picks. And speaking of picks, in a recent interview with Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay, Marshawn Lynch had a bone to pick. <laughs> he went beast mode on Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, saying so much as when Pete Carroll called that famous play in the Super Bowl that got intercepted when the Seattle Seahawks were on the goal line about to score against the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. When he say when he walked off the field, he laughed in Pete Carroll's face because he knew that was not a good decision to put the ball in the hands of Russell Wilson in that situation. And Marshawn Lynch even went on to say that he and Russell Wilson didn't really have a relationship outside of Russell Wilson being his quarterback. There was no off the field or hanging out or, you know, going out to dinner or anything. And he went so far as to say there's times when he had the whole, basically the whole team, you know, hanging out with him and everything. And he's just like 
letting Russell know, like, you know, if I have a game where I'm not performing as a running back, you know, I want to be able to lean on you. And if you got a game when you when you having problems, you know, you can lean on me. And he just felt that he never was able to get through to Russell or they never had that kind of camaraderie. And even when he tried to reach out to Russell Wilson before, Russell Wilson was unavailable for him to – he wasn't able to get Russell Wilson's phone number. And – he had to kind of deliver and relay a message to somebody else in the team personnel. And Russell Wilson called him back. And even when he called him, he called him from a block number. <laughs> and then the person called Marshawn Lynch back and said, well, did you talk to him? And Marshawn Lynch was like, no, somebody called me from a block number. He was like, oh, that was Russell. <laughs> so who knows? Russell Wilson made this kind of be his own guy. He don't really, you know, hang out with fellas or whatever. But from what Marshawn Lynch was saying, he just didn't seem like the best kind of teammate for a team that really began to show some separation and some friction and some fracturing, especially after that famed goal line interception in the Super Bowl with one yard to go when you could have just gave it to Marshawn Lynch and you could punch it in. And then, you know, the defense, the Legion of Doom, Legion of Boom, they were kind of began to turn on Russell Wilson. And I guess I would imagine some other players on the team because they felt that Russell Wilson was kind of being coddled and, you know, put on a pedestal compared to the rest of the team. And Marshawn Lynch even said there were times when Pete Carroll would take up for Russell Wilson and tell him and other players, you know, don't, if you have a problem with him, don't go talk to him, you know, don't talk, come talk to me or something like that because anybody else could be called out, but not Russell Wilson being called out by his teammates. So, there was definitely some kind of protect, protection going on for Russell Wilson. Maybe Pete Carroll knew he couldn't handle the criticism from his teammates. Or maybe Pete Carroll was just trying to protect him from extra extra excess act outside noise of his own team doubting him or questioning his abilities or his play. So who's to say? But we all know how that story ended. And we all know some of his teammates still have not let that go. They still... They still hold Russell accountable. They still dislike Russell and they still judge him and it still is what it is. So that's what it was. That's what it is. And that's how it's going to be. Other news, the Raiders release Chandler Jones. And this is one of the more somber stories of the NFL as it's beginning to be believed that Chandler Jones is actually suffering mentally from his play in the NFL, and he's had some questionable posts online that he's posted on Twitter. He's had some questionable behavior that he's exhibited to his facility, to his uh, to his team, to the front office, the head coach, the owner. And as I reported last week, he was taken to a mental health facility by the fire department of Las Vegas. Now he's recently been arrested for some kind of restraining order he supposedly violated of being in somebody's backyard or doing something inappropriate. So I don't believe that Chandler Jones will be returning to the NFL this season and moving forward, his his future is probably going to be in jeopardy or question mark because right now it just seems as though something is not right with him mentally and he has to get some sort of help or some kind of intervention to try to see if he can be taken care of and help any way he can because maybe right now he has sustained too many head injuries, too much blunt force head trauma 
that would hinder him from living a normal life or operating by himself day to day on a on a continuous basis as an NFL player or otherwise. So prayers to Chandler Jones and his family and hopefully he can get the help that he needs and be able to be a productive member of society or get the proper help and the proper assistance to where he could at least try to live a normal life after giving so much to the NFL and so much to those teams. And this is something that you're not really hearing the media cover or the NFL say anything about. This is something that you just hear about the stories of him being banned from the facility and the story of him going to the mental health facility and him being arrested. But it's definitely more to the story than that because this is a man who's probably reaching out for help but doesn't know how to reach out. And he's he's definitely been injured mentally, cere- cere- cerebrally, through playing in the NFL. And this is the part of the NFL they don't want to talk about. They don't want to touch it because it's too real. It's too in your face. And it's, it's something they don't want to highlight to people playing football that, yes, this could happen to you too. And you also could have, you know, numerous head injuries begin to add up and affect the way you can make decisions on a day-to-day basis. So definitely not hearing anything from the NFL on this and only can hope that Chandler Jones is able to recover or get the proper help that he needs because right now he does not seem to be in the right mental state of mind. Some other news and yes, the Ra- and yes, the Raiders have released Chandler Jones. In other news, speaking of the Raiders, Tom Brady's ownership stake has been stalled for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, Tom Brady was said to be purchasing a minority stake of the Las Vegas Raiders from owner Davis, but the NFL has postponed and stalled his ownership stake because it's believed he's received a home team discount a home time discount like basically what they're saying is the money that he's putting up is not equivalent to maybe the percentage they're trying to give him or what they're trying to make it out to be so something's not right and they're wondering well why would you sell him this percentage of the team for this amount when y'all have this kind of valuation or why is he only paying this amount so Something isn't right with this deal. And, you know, it's, it's, it's Davis's team. And, you know, Davis's have always went against the NFL in whatever way they could. But it seems that the NFL is saying, no, he can't be an owner for this percentage of ownership if he's not going to put up this amount of money. And y'all not going to just bend and break the rules for him. So we'll see how this gets dissolved. But who knows what backroom deal Brady and Davis can make to even try to circumvent this and make it like Brady paid more than he actually did or Davis gave Brady some of the own money to give back to him. So who who knows? But as for now, Tom Brady is not yet an owner of the Las Vegas Raiders yet as they have to redo and crunch some numbers to figure out if Brady is paying a fair share for a fair percentage of the Raiders. And speaking of ownership, Magic Johnson 
4% owner of the Washington Commanders, recently was talking to the pre the pregame show at Amazon for the Thursday night game. And when it came time for the game to be over, you Magic Johnson, known for his famous joyful smile, was not smiling at all. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, Johnson was ripping the, you know what, <laughs> off those Washington Commanders saying, that, you know, in so many words, they didn't play with heart, they didn't play with any passion, and I guess he was not going for it. So Magic Johnson, somebody who's won multiple championships in multiple different sports and different leagues, of course, NBA, Major League Baseball, and others. And he, he recognizes winners. He knows effort, and he knows what it takes to win. And what he saw from the Washington Commanders on Thursday night, he was not pleased, and he was not having it. So they, they played so bad, they made Magic Johnson frown. <laughs> so you know that's a bad look. But hey, he's part of the ownership, so he's going to speak his piece, and he's going to be a front man and be out there on the cameras and say what he got to say. And if he wasn't pleased, he wasn't pleased. So some of the players knew exactly what he was saying, and a lot of players didn't dispute it. And I don't think many of them had much to say about it because maybe they knew they didn't give 100% effort. And, you know, it could have just been Fields and Moore's time to shine because Fields has been having a lot of criticism of, you know, his quarterback play and his addition of Moore who was definitely a number one receiver coming from the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, they definitely put on a show and it was Fields and Moore doing their thing for the Bears. And as far as the Washington Commanders, as I told y'all before with those Thursday night games, players aren't always invested. Players are not always healed or rested. And they don't always come with that kind of intensity. So that's just, it is what it is. So, I mean... Magic Johnson was calling it out, and it is what it is. And as we look forward to week five, Pharaoh Knicks picks, let's take a look at the games. As I told y'all before, Chicago did defeat the Washington Commanders 40-20 in the Thursday night football game. Now let's look at Sunday's games. Jacksonville, Buffalo. This will be Jacksonville's second international game as the NFL tries to make them NFL Europe. And when it comes to the Jacksonville Jags and the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo has a nice potent offense and also one of the top defenses in the league, quiet is kept. Jacksonville does have an explosive offense, but would their defense be able to keep the Buffalo Bills in check? And that's the question. I say no. Buffalo 31 over the Jags 20. But this should be a competitive game. Then we have Baltimore Ravens taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh has had some troubles offensively getting it going and keeping it together and I'm not I'm not sold on Kenny Pickett as the quarterback and I also believe they need some more offensive pieces besides you know receiver Hackett but Pittsburgh is known for their defense then we have Baltimore Ravens with some players coming back such as OBJ and I believe Baltimore will defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers with a final score of Baltimore 24 over the Steelers 16 and then when it comes to the Carolina Panthers going to take on Detroit Lions, Detroit has shown they got a tough defense and also a solid offense. And the Carolina Panthers have shown solid defense, but unfortunately, the offense has been stuck in first gear for most of the year. And Bryce Young has not been as explosive as some may have thought he could be coming into the league. 
So I'll say Detroit 27 over the Panthers 17. Then we have the Houston Texans at Atlanta Falcons. Now, Houston led by C.J. Strauss has been looking impressive. Stroud is doing some good things, especially as a rookie. Whereas the Falcons have been up and down this year. Did have some early success. And rookie running back Bajon Robinson is one of the league leaders in rushing. But right now, Ritter is kind of up and down as a quarterback. And I'll have to say Houston gets this game with a final score. Houston 23 over the Falcons 17. And then when it comes to the New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. Now, this is a matchup of Patriots, definitely defensive heavy right now. Nobody on offense to scare you, and definitely not Mac Jones. And then with the New Orleans Saints, Derek Carr showed some promise early, then had an injury, and New Orleans does also have a solid defense. And now the Saints also are getting Kamara back with more, you know, more playtime, more exposure. And I believe with... With that defense and Alvin Kamara and some solid receivers, I got to go New Orleans 24 over the England New England Patriots 19. And then we have the New York Giants. Definitely one of the worst teams in the league this year. Going against the Miami Dolphins, one of the more explosive teams. I say Dolphins 34 over the Giants 19. And we have Tennessee Titans at Indianapolis Colts. Titans have been one of those up and down teams this year. Solid offense, solid defense is just sometimes Tannehill can be unpredictable. And if they can't get the running game going, they can definitely become one-dimensional. And then we have the Colts led by rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson and a decent defense. And we could be getting back their disgruntled running back soon, but who's to say? But... In this game, it's going to be a close one. It can go either way, but I'll say Tennessee Titans 24 over the Colts 20, but this will be a close game in my opinion. Then we have Cincinnati Bengals at Arizona Cardinals. Now the Bengals have been playing Joe Burrow despite some injuries and lingering injuries and issues. And we're beginning to see some of the emotions, emotions come out of the receiving core with Jamar Chase getting upset with reporters last week asking him certain questions. And also, with the team knowing that Joe Burrow is playing injured, so it's not like it's not like he has a hundred percent, you know, health. But he's trying to do what he can. Only thing is, sometimes when you go out play injured, you can injure something else, or you can you can further furthermore hurt yourself. And he has to be careful about that. But now he's saying he's a hundred percent. The only thing is, he could be a hundred percent now. But he also has to contend with the Arizona team that has looked solid and was able to defeat the Cowboys. And who's to say if they won't be able to defeat the Bengals when he says he's 100%, but he hasn't been looking 100%. And are they going to be one-dimensional because the Cardinals aren't really fearing their rushing attack and they can kind of key on Burrow, who's not the most mobile. So... In this game, I would not be surprised if Arizona Cardinals pulls off the win. I say Cardinals 27 over the Bengals 23, but we'll see how it turns out. And we'll see how healthy Joe Burrow actually is. And then when it comes to Philadelphia at Los Angeles Rams, this is probably one of the best matchups games of the week. Philadelphia is still undefeated. The Rams 
found some diamonds in the rough at receiver and also now getting back star receiver Cooper Cup. So they have some weapons at their disposal for Matt Stafford, but Matt Stafford will have to contend with that strong Philadelphia Eagles defense, including that front seven, D-line coming after him, and also that secondary. And the Rams are not really known for their rushing, their running game, so that will give the Eagles an advantage to, you know, basically just rush for and let everybody else came back in coverage. So I believe the Eagles will be able to triumph with a final score. Philadelphia 30 over the Rams 24. And then when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs at Minnesota Vikings, Kansas City has looked strong this year as usual. They had that one hiccup early in the season against the Lions, but I'll have to believe that the Chiefs will be able to outscore the Vikings with a final score, Chiefs 34 over the Vikings 24. And then when it comes to the New York Jets at Denver Broncos, like I said, this will be a matchup of revenge. This will be poster board material for Hackett and for Peyton, for all the smack talk and the disrespect of breaking that unwritten rule for coaches of criticizing another coach to the public, to the media. So... The New York Jets have one of the strongest defenses in the league. From top to bottom, on every level, they're going to come after you. Denver is letting some of their defensive players go for future draft picks. And not saying that Randy Gregory was doing so much for the Denver Broncos, but you're giving away players at a time when he could probably help do something. And in this game, I believe that the Jets will be able to slow down that Denver Broncos offense and Zach Wilson will be able to do just enough to defeat Russell Wilson with a final score, Jets 23 over the Broncos 20. But this will be a good game and definitely emotions will run high and we'll see which group of players come out and play for their coach and show their coach they got their coach back, especially after all that talk and all that yakety yak. And when it comes to the Sunday night football game, Dallas at San Fran, also one of the best matchups and games of the week. Dallas has been looking decent. They did have a hiccup when they lost Trayvon Diggs and some of those offensive linemen. And San Fran, one of the other only remaining undefeated teams, I mean, strong on every level. Quarterback play, running back, receiver defense. I mean, San Fran has it all, and now this is going to be a matchup of, this is going to be like a chess match right here, because Dallas, you know, will San Fran smother the run game, and you know, take Pollard out, so they have to pass, and then when they do try to pass, will they be able to get that pressure on Dak, and sack Dak? Who's to say, but I honestly believe San Fran will get this victory. San Fran 31 over the Cowboys 23. But this will be the game that if the Cowboys could get this, then we know the Cowboys really, really are going to be for real this year. But it's a tough task when San Fran has so many weapons. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, IU, strong defense, Brock Purdy. It's just like San Fran has so much talent and they play so well together. And that's why they're one of the best teams in the league. Also, great coaching, Shanahan. So, I got to go San Fran over the Cowboys. But this should be a great matchup and a great watch, a great game. And when it comes to Monday Night Football, we got Green Bay at Las Vegas Raiders. 
Now, Green Bay has had some solid play this year from Love. And Las Vegas Raiders, once again, Jimmy Garoppolo is injured, so they will be without him. But also, uh, as, you know, outside of Adams and Jacobs, I mean, Raiders don't really have a star-studded offense and or defense. And Green Bay, I believe, will be able to outscore them and keep them at bay. So I will say Green Bay 27 over the Vegas Raiders 17. But this could be end up being a, a decent game. I just don't know if Vegas has enough star power and offensive explosiveness outside of Adams and outside of the running back Jacobs to defeat the Green Bay Packers. Because the Packers do have a nice, solid defense and also a star cornerback with Zaya Alexander. And they will be able to potentially slow down Adams. But we'll see. Well, this concludes another episode of the Rob You Sports 2 Show. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share. Y'all be safe, be blessed, enjoy the games, and I'll see you on the next.